0: MacCast, Sunday, November 6th, 2022. Hey, Mac Geeks! It's time for your MacCast, the show for Mac Geeks by Mac Geeks. I'm Adam, and this is a show where we discuss all things Macintosh. How you doing? Welcome back to the MacCast. Glad to be back here with you for another week of Apple hints, tips, news, rumors, and all the goings ons in the Apple and Mac communities. How are you doing? I hope you are having a great, wonderful day. I am, unfortunately fighting all this stuff that's going around. <laughs> Stay safe out there folks. Yeah, nothing serious but, you know, little bugs are going around in the air and uh yeah, I'm not feeling all that great. A little bit tired, but uh we'll get through this. We'll get through a episode. Uh this week not a lot going on. I just have a couple stories for you. So this one might be a little bit shorter so I can get a little bit more rest and I hope Hopefully, if you're going through the same thing, you can do that as well. Uh, But we do have some things to get into, specifically a lot of Apple TV stuff, uh, specifically with the new hardware that I want to get into. Then I want to talk about some iPhone stuff and then uh, an update to Siri that's interesting we'll have to see how we feel about that we'll talk about it a little bit and then uh, we're going to dig into matter the new smart home technology i want to talk about that a little bit with you we have a little follow-up to calendar searching on ios uh, something that we talked about i think almost a year ago maybe longer got a little follow-up on that and then we'll try to help a listener out with some parts for uh getting an old mac up and running and being reused and that will kind of round out this episode of the MacCast. so it should be pretty good i say we just dive into things starting off like i said with some of the apple tv 4k stuff so the new apple tv 4k did hit the streets we talked about that i think on a previous episode of the mac cast apple had Rolled that out or announced it. And um, yeah, just to give you a little refresh on the refresher, uh, the new Apple TV 4K has a new processor, an A15 Bionic chip, uh, four gigabytes of RAM. A new slimmer, lighter design, which I appreciate because the current Apple TV 4K, yeah, that's a beast. It's pretty pretty thick. So big difference is it looks like they were able to take out the fan, the active cooling, which allowed them to make it a little bit smaller, likely due to the fact that they have that A15 chip in there. They added support for HDR10 Plus. This is in addition to Dolby Vision, which was previously supported. So it just expands the capabilities there. Uh no changes really to the Siri remote in terms of form or function, other than It does now offer USB-C Charging instead of a lightning connector, which is kind of nice. Again, Apple standardizing on the USB C. And then the big deal with the Apple TV 4K this time around, in addition to these kind of minor updates, is new lower pricing. So it starts at $129 US for the 64 gigabyte model that doesn't support thread. And we're going to talk more about thread and matter later in the show. So if you don't know what that is, we'll get into it a little bit. And then uh, $149 for the 128 gigabyte model. So they hit the streets and reviews are starting to come in. I thought we'd talk a little bit about what folks are liking about the new Apple TV and uh, what maybe they don't like or just is not not so great. Uh, so big thing that they seem to like is the additional performance performance. Not necessarily groundbreaking, so if you have a current Apple TV 4K, you probably don't have to rush out and buy a new one, Um, but if you're in the market for an Apple TV, yeah, this is a great option. So a little bit snappier, it's not going to be earth-shattering, but people did note that the user interface seems to move a little bit smoother, a little bit snappier games seem to be a little bit better although i don't think this is going to replace any kind of dedicated gaming console or gaming pc obviously it's an apple tv but i enjoy gaming on my apple tv i think it's more of a casual gaming device but the fact that you can connect gaming controllers including like playstation game controllers and xbox game controllers to it along with dedicated ones does make it a nice little gaming setup if you're into kind of casual gaming and especially if you have an apple arcade account which i do so i I do enjoy playing the occasional game on my Apple TV and better performance, better 3D performance is always a nice thing. So those are some nice little enhancements to it. Also, everybody really liking the new price point. Yeah, it hasn't gotten us down to that sub $100 price point, which I'd like to see Apple get to, but they got a lot closer. And so I think, again, if you're in the... Apple ecosystem. If you're all in on Apple, I think Apple TV is the way to go for your TV connectivity. Um, if you're not in that market, if you use other things, yeah, you could get away with a Roku or a Fire device, something that has the Apple TV app on it or, or the TV app, but um, you know, and you may be able to save some money there. But I, I think for dedicated experience, I think Apple TV blows away the competition. I love mine. And um, yeah, we've talked about that quite a bit here. Um some of the not so great things people still aren't super thrilled about the Siri remote um I like the new remote I think it actually has some nice enhancements it's a little bit larger uh, not as easy to lose, but it is still pretty small. Uh, I only use Apple TV, so I have streaming services in Apple TV. I don't really have a dedicated cable box, I don't have live TV, so I might feel a little bit different about the remote in that scenario, especially if you want like a universal remote. But overall, I think it's good. They do note that standardizing on USB C as the charging is nice, and uh, you know, there are com- some kind of nice enhancements I think we were hoping that Apple would bring to the remote that haven't happened yet specifically adding a u1 chip and find my support it'd be nice if it had a little speaker in there too just like the new airpods pro so that you could use find my to help you find the remote when you do lose it and then just overall you know many of the reviews noting that this is not an earth-shattering update so again if you're already an apple tv 4k owner Uh, the previous generation you probably don't need to rush to upgrade i i see that kind of as a good thing maybe Um, but if you're looking for thread support you're looking for you know a little bit slimmer design and some of these new enhancements yeah 150 bucks not too bad in terms of a price point to pick one up Another thing that is coming to this, and I don't know if this factors in for a lot of people yet, but it could be, especially if you're in the market for a new television. A few of the reviews noted that Apple plans to support something called Quick Media Switching or QMS VRR that's coming with a software update later this year. What it's intended to solve is that issue with the content match for frame rates feature. So Apple has a couple features that you can do where you can have it automatically match the frame rate of the content that is playing on your apple tv you could also do something similar for the color space um, so whether it's standard definition or high def, you know hdr or whatever and you could switch between but this is specifically for the frame rate switching currently uh, what happens is if you're switching different frame rate levels and you have that match content Uh, turned on in your settings, there's a a temporary screen blackout that needs to happen when you're switching between those frame rates. This new feature will take that away, so you'll be able to not have that when you're switching different content spaces. Again, only for frame rate, not for the color thing, not for the color space thing. And it's really designed to be a future-proofing measure because as The Verge points out in their review, there aren't currently any televisions on the market that support QMS VRR. So, even with the software update later this year, you're going to need a new television that actually supports this as well. And I think it's part of the new HDMI 2.1 spec. So, uh yeah, it's coming. It's future-proofing another enhancement just to be aware of if you're in the market for a new Apple TV and specifically a new television set that might support that. Now, one other feature related to Apple TV that was uh, rolled out this week that you might not be excited about, I'm not that excited about it, to be honest, is that Apple seems to have moved up next, which is, in my opinion, one of the best features of the Apple TV. You know, that's the thing that as you're watching shows and programs, they keep track of it. Apple will uh, allow you to add things into your up next queue. And so when you go to the TV app, regardless of your device, you could see what you'd been recently watching. If there's additional episodes available, it'll offer those up to you. And that was always in the top row of the Apple TV app interface. Well, Apple has apparently decided to move that up next to the second row, and have added a new featured content as the first first row. And this is something that a lot of apps do, but Apple's using it to feature their Apple TV content. And the change supposedly has happened in the TVOS, iOS, iPadOS, and Mac OS. Originally, it was thought that it was coming in the next betas, but several people have noted, and I can kind of confirm this on my Mac that the change seems to be rolled out on the server side. And so it's a little bit annoying because, you know, Apple was always a, a big advantage of, in my mind, of the Apple TV app was that it was focused on you and your content and your content discovery rather than Apple just kind of shilling their own programs right at the top of the, uh, of the interface. And so, yeah, you know, Up Next is still there, but it's now below the fold. It's kind of second tier citizen. And I really hope that Apple hears the feedback from the community because a lot of people are, you know, rallying against this. So I would encourage you to send feedback to, uh, you know, apple.com slash feedback and tell them, hey, we don't like this. Let's bring back up next or maybe at least give us the option to say, hey, I want this more focused on my content and I want control over my TV interface and what I'm seeing here. You know, I think this is a bad move on Apple's part. I get that they want to promote their own programming. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Apple TV Plus, and I think they have great shows and great content. But, yeah, let me pick that. Let me decide what I want to see and uh, let me be in control of that. Again, it was one of the, the things that I think was distinctly, you know, Apple thinking differently like they do. And now they seem to be falling into the trap of some of their other streaming competitors And yeah, frankly, I don't like it if you can't tell. So just something to be aware of. And again, I'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on this change. But more importantly, tell Apple how you feel about this change. And then one other thing that we've been talking about quite a bit is Apple's uh, push into doing more advertising. And I think you might be aware, we talked about this on uh, a recent podcast, that Apple has a new partnership with Major League Soccer. They're going to be rolling out Major League Soccer to Apple TV Plus in 2023. And it looks like they have a new ad network planned to support a lot of their efforts with MLS soccer and also their other advertising efforts. This is according to Bloomberg. Apple's going to start streaming MLS games on Apple TV Plus in February, and reportedly there are discussions now with advertising partners to help support that. It sounds like Apple plans to offer kind of three tiers of MLS service, and reportedly, all of them are going to have advertising. So there's supposed to be a dedicated MLS package that you can buy into. Uh There's going to be some content, it sounds like, for Apple TV Plus subscriptions. I don't know if that's going to cover all games. Probably not, because they'll probably want to tear you up to that main package. And then there is going to be some games available for free. To anybody using the Apple TV Plus app. All of those are going to get ad support, and Apple is supposedly working on this new ad network to kind of uh, drive that. So that's happening. The new ad network is part of Apple's larger push, according to the report, into advertising. And you may or may not remember that, you know, current estimates are Apple roughly generates about $4 billion a year from advertising. That would be through their App Store programs and other programs that they have going, but they're really hoping to push and grow that to at least $10 billion. And I think we even talked about the fact that there's some rumors Apple's considering maybe following again some of the other streaming services and potentially offering an ad supported tier of Apple TV Plus. So we'll have to see if that comes to fruition, but Apple definitely pushing forward with that advertising stuff. And it sounds like they're building out an ad network, an ad network to do that, at least according to Bloomberg. Here's a little interesting thing, because very often we have stories and rumors going on about what's happening with iPhone production. And as you likely know, Apple rarely comments on that. Well, uh, Apple has made an unusual public statement this week with regards to the iPhone 14 Pro and iPhone 14 Pro Max shipments. And basically, they are going to be lower In the coming months, the issue is the temporary COVID-19 restrictions that are happening in China. You may have heard about that on the news, and it is impacting the main Foxconn factory where iPhone assembly is done in China. In a statement, Apple said that they are, quote, prioritizing the health and safety of workers in their supply chain. And thus, they're going to experience, quote, significantly reduced capacity for iPhone 14 Pro and iPhone 14 Pro Max shipments. They're warning customers that they will experience longer wait times to receive their products. So, just something to be aware of. Recent reports claimed that capacity at the facility was reduced by as much as 30%. So, obviously, that's having an impact, enough of an impact for Apple to come out and make this statement. And, right Right now, uh, delivery times on iPhone 14 Pro models seem to be hovering around three to four weeks. I can assume that we could expect that to get even longer in the coming weeks and months. So definitely, if you're planning Apple devices as gifts this holiday season, I would say you're going to want to get your orders in sooner than later. So if any year is a year to plan for your holiday sales Uh, or holiday gifts, I would say this year for sure. And just across the board, because it's been a weird weird year, as you know, uh, with the supply chain. So just be aware of that. And, you know, Apple has been looking to get ahead of this, uh, you know, with these regional delays based on what's happening in certain places. They've been expanding manufacturing to other other regions like Brazil. I think we've heard about Vietnam and Taiwan and now India and unfortunately um, it's probably not happening soon enough but apple is trying to do that recently apple and foxconn had spun up new iphone manufacturing in india and then this past week there were there were reports from bloomberg that uh, Apple supplier Pegatron is also going to ramp up iPhone 14 production in India as well. They'd already been producing, I think, iPhone 12 models there. Sounds like Apple's going to shift production over to iPhone 14, probably to kind of help out with the situation that's going on in China. And reportedly, Apple's hope is to shift about 25% of its iPhone production to India by 2025. And they have a longer goal, according to Ming-Chi Kuo, of getting India production up to 40% to 45%. So Apple, again, continuing to reduce their reliance on China. Unfortunately, a lot of the parts are still coming out of China. So they're still going to be impacted by that. This is a lot of just assembly moving out, I would imagine Apple also has longer term plans to kind of move some of its parts manufacturing outside of China. And again, to try to better diversify the supply chain, to get around any kind of these regional impacts that happen. So we'll have to see what happens going forward, but Apple definitely trying to ramp up manufacturing outside of China. And then the last thing that I have for you in the news for this week is Hayless Siri. Are you ready for that? Yeah. In a recent newsletter, Bloomberg's Mark Gurman says that Apple's engineers are working on a version of Siri that will be able to better understand words and phrases without you needing to use the "Hey" trigger word to invoke the voice assistant. Reportedly, the hope is that you'll be able to just say Siri and then ask Siri to do things. Uh, uh, this feels like a pretty daunting task, in my opinion. And German notes in his report that, you know, the challenge are challenges are that it's going to require a significant amount of AI training and underlying enger- engineering work by Apple. So, you know, other voice assistants have kind of gotten around this, so I think it makes sense for Apple to kind of follow suit. I think, you know, Alexa is a great example of that. And uh, he says that because of the engineering challenges, Apple is hoping to roll out the feature maybe in 2023, but it might possibly be delayed until 2024. The report also says that Apple is working to better integrate Siri into third-party apps and third-party services which is a good thing so you know larger siri rollout with an easier interface i think that's you know that's a good goal for apple to move into i only worry about the fact that uh, i don't know about you but my current siri often triggers accidentally even with that hey keyword so If they're going to do this, I think they need to make sure that it works really, really well and also that the number of false positives is definitely minimized. If they could improve that at the same time as removing the hey trigger word, I think they'll have a huge win on their hands, and I would absolutely love that. I also wish that uh, they would work a little bit more on commands that can be chained together. So I don't have to keep using the trigger word over and over again for commands that might be related. So a lot more natural speaking in terms of controlling Siri would be a nice enhancement as well, although that wasn't specifically mentioned in this report. But with that, that is going to do it for the news for this week. Before we move on, I do want to take a quick moment and thank a couple of show sponsors, starting off with NordVPN. Hey, are you missing out on your favorite show because it's not available in your region, or maybe you're wanting to keep your data and information private? Let me introduce you to NordVPN. NordVPN. One thing I know that's frustrating for me is region locks on content. You know, I've had people tell me about great shows that are in other countries and I go to try and stream it or find it in my country and I can't play it. And that's, Infinitely frustrating. NordVPN can solve this problem for you with a click of the button because they have access to more than five thousand server options. So now no show is out of reach. Using my link, NordVPN.com/slash/maccast, you can get a huge discount on a two-year plan plus four months free, and also privacy. You know, with privacy, I worry about my data, especially when I'm using open Wi-Fi hotspots and access points. A lot of times when I'm traveling or maybe I'm down at a cafe and just connecting to their Wi-Fi, NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. NordVPN also offers a new threat protection feature so you can say goodbye to intrusive web ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com maccast matcast to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue you a refund, and you can pretend like the entire situation never even happened. Use my link, nordvpn.com maccast, to get your subscription started today. And a big thank you to NordVPN for their support of the MacCast. I'd also like to thank my sponsor, Rocket Money. Hey, do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200 or more. That's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. There's this app you can use that takes care of that for you. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows you all your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for you whatever you still don't want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't even know you were paying for, and you could even find out that you were double-charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, it's super easy. All you have to do is press the Cancel button, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. You can get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash matcast. And seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash matcast to cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now. Head to rocketmoney.com slash matcast. And a big thank you to Rocket Money for their support of the show. As you may or may not know, I am a pretty big fan of Apple and HomeKit. I love home automation. I love messing around with it. I tried to get into it back in the early days. As a matter of fact, you can probably go back and find some Maccasts where we talked with Ara Dudirian from the HDTV podcast about home automation in the age of like X10 and some of the early Zigbee stuff and all the different specs and standards. And always the challenge was that nothing was really well integrated. It was kind of confusing. It was hard to set up. And when Apple announced HomeKit, I was super excited to dig into that ecosystem. And overall, for the most part, I've been pretty happy with HomeKit. The only challenge has been the fact that with HomeKit, you're kind of locked into HomeKit devices, and they tend to be a little bit more expensive and also just harder to find. They're less supported than, say, some of the other platforms like Alexa and Google. Uh, Alexa specifically seems to have, you know, the stronghold. So, As you may or may not know, also, I was super excited when Apple announced that they were going to support the new Matter standard for smart home devices. This is a new standard backed by Apple, Google, Amazon, and hundreds of other companies, and it basically holds the promise of kind of cleaning up the messy smart home compatibility issues, so rather than having to find HomeKit devices or Alexa devices or Google devices and maybe some that are supported on all three or one or two or only one platform, you can just look for now HomeKit devices that support the Matter specification and know that all Matter-supported devices are going to coexist and work together. And it's supposed to be this amazing, new, great thing. And it's rolling out now. Apple added support in the latest operating system updates for iPad, iPhone, Apple TV, Apple Watch, and Mac OS. So that's all the iOS 16 stuff and um, macOS. OS, um, I wanted to say Monterey, but no, we're on Ventura now, Mac OS Ventura. And so that's all going to be supported. And it's great that it's here and it's rolling out. Uh, But we need to kind of, I think, set some expectations and some realities around this, because as great as it sounds, it's going to be a little while for it to be fully kind of supported and integrated. And I'll just give you the TLDR here right now. It's going to get better. It's going to be amazing, but it's not happening overnight. So I wanted to talk about this a little bit, get into it a little bit, talk about some of the challenges and where you're going to see some maybe immediate advantages and what things might take a little bit longer. So as I mentioned, operating system updates are rolling out. We've had updates to the HomePod Mini and some of other things like Apple's, you know, Apple TV. So these things are all great. uh, And Companies are starting to announce support for Matter. They're announcing new Matter devices that are going to be coming out. Um, Not everything is covered in terms of uh, the Matter spec, the Matter 1.0 spec. So for example, a big category that's left out for right now, but will be eventually added is security cameras or smart home cameras. So if you were hoping for video support, that's not quite here yet. That will be coming later. Um, But... What you need to know is basically this is a new certification that devices have to go through. So no matter who is making the device or which manufacturer it's coming from, they have to submit it and it has to get certified to get the little Matter logo and branding. And that's going to be the, sort of the key when you're buying devices. If you want to make sure that they support Matter, they need to have that little Matter logo. logo, And that means they went through the certification and at, at least a base level or at, at a Matter specification level all the features are going to be supported cross-platform, cross-device, and and that sort of thing. Uh, Good news is that some older devices might be getting support for Matter via software updates. Different manufacturers are announcing that. They will have to push out new software and firmware to those older devices to be updated. It's probably good news if you have a hub that somebody has announced that they're going to support Matter on because by supporting it at the hub level, it's going to likely be supported at all the device level but not every device is going to get matter support and then another thing to note about a lot of the older devices is it's probably going to support matter over wi-fi but not the new thread technology and i think i mentioned this on a previous episode of the MacCast because i was kind of confused about this as well i thought matter and thread kind of went together but they're really two different things matter supports thread but what thread is is like a mesh networking standard for devices so rather than having to communicate back to a hub or a central place with thread thread devices can communicate directly with each other in kind of a mesh network thing and not everything is going to have thread support and older devices most of them aren't going to be able to be software updated to get thread support relies on hardware and technology that might not be in there. So just keep in mind that you'll often hear about matter and thread talked about together, but it's really two different things matter being the specification for smart home devices and compatibility thread being a networking standard. Uh, you can kind of think of it like low energy Bluetooth or some of these other networking technologies and communication technologies. So just something to keep in mind as you're out there shopping and browsing around. And, you know, because Matter is a new specification, something to know about is that it's not going to replace some of the other certifications and specifications that are company specific. So HomeKit's not going away, uh, Works with Alexa is not going away, whatever Google's cert- Google Home is not going away. These are still separate certifications that devices can go through to get additional functionality and features that might be unique and outside of the matter specification so you kind of think of the way i'm kind of thinking about it is matter is going to be like that base level specification but there still could be unique home kit features that apple could support or unique features that alexa could support and you will still have works with alexa logos and HomeKit logos and you know that's okay but We need to be aware of it because I think it could be a little bit confusing because what you need to know is that if you buy a Matter device, it could have some Alexa features that are not supported by HomeKit or vice versa. You could have a Matter device that supports HomeKit, but maybe doesn't support Alexa or Google. And so base level features will work, but some more advanced features or platform-specific features might be different and might not work. So you're going to have to buyer beware a little bit out there. So again, matter solves like the compatibility issue at one level, but there's still going to be differences that we have to watch out for in the marketplace. So that's worth knowing about. And then uh, on the security level, one of the things I'm excited about was that Apple was involved in the specification. So they lent a lot of the HomeKit philosophies around security and privacy to the matter specification. So it's encrypted. Uh, Devices only kind of get the levels and controls that they need. Um, A lot of it stays on device and local to your network in terms of communications and security and privacy. So all of these things are really good when it comes to the new matter specification but really what i wanted to talk about is the fact that this isn't an overnight solution you're not suddenly going to be able to just have all of your homekit devices working across other platforms and things like that it's going to be a slow rollout in some cases you're going to have to buy new hardware devices to get matter support some of your old devices older devices might be or devices might be able to get matter support through software updates so we're still going to be in a little confusing situation i would imagine for about a year or so and i'm also bringing this up because if you haven't dove into setting up a smart home and home kit and all that stuff yet you might want to wait a few months and see how all this pans out, and see what devices become available. And definitely, I would say, moving forward, you're going to want to make sure that even if you're buying a HomeKit device, it probably also has Matter support uh, along with it so that you can get that cross-compatibility you might be looking for. So wanted to have that conversation. If you have some thoughts and opinions on that, shoot me some feedback. Send me an email, maccast at gmail.com wanted to follow up on something that you may or may not remember about. This was a while ago, I think back in uh, 2021. This is April of 2021. I had a listener write in with a question about doing searching in iOS and the iOS calendar app specifically and noted that you could not search back further than a year for events in the calendar app on iOS. And this seemed to be a limit a limitation uh, simply of the application itself because I suggested some alternative apps on iOS like Fantastical, BusyCal, or Calendars 5 by Riedel, all which could search further back than a year in your calendars. So Apple had somehow restricted it. On, I, or on macOS, this wasn't a problem. You can go into the Calendars app on macOS and search further back. Well, apparently, Joe wrote in this week to say it looks like that limitation might have been fixed in iOS 16 and iPadOS 16. And I, in fact, did confirm this on my iPhone uh, running iOS 16, uh, the latest update. And uh, I can search back further than a year in the Calendars app. So, Kudos on Apple for fixing that. It was always a really strange limitation and don't know why that existed, but apparently that has been resolved. So if that was something that was bugging you, just wanted to make you aware of that. And then finally in the show for today, I want to talk a little bit about doing Apple repairs and sourcing parts for your Apple and uh, Mac products Donald wrote in this week to say that he recently resurrected an old 2014 Mac mini by going out and getting an SSD kit from OWC, which is a great upgrade. We've talked about that, uh, especially for Mac minis or older iMacs. If you can put an SSD in there it really can give them a new life and you can maybe repurpose an old machine. And I think it's a great thing to do uh, rather than having your hardware go to the landfill. Um, Donald noted that the Mac Mini install is pretty tricky installing the SSD. I did one of these with my wife's 2014 Mac Mini, and it worked great. But yeah, you have to rip that whole thing apart. So you got to really get into all the parts. You have to remove a lot of screws and a lot of tiny screws at that. So unfortunately, when Donald was doing his upgrade, he lost the little tiny screw that held down the clip of the SATA ribbon cable. And he said, Hey, I'm having a hard time finding a replacement. I contacted OWC support, and they weren't really sure where I could get a part. And so he's looking for help from the MacCast community. Hey, where can I get parts? Uh, specifically, really these specific, really tiny computer screws to uh, replace the one that I lost. And I have to say, Donald, the first place that I always turn to outside of OWC, because OWC has some great kits and repair parts and stuff like that, they also have some pretty good instructions. But really, if I'm being honest, probably my number one place that I go to is iFixit, iFixit.com. And I'll have a, sh- I'll have a link to them in the show notes at MacHouse.com. You've probably heard me talk about iFixit on the show in the past. Um, they offer amazing repair instructions and how to guides for just about everything, not just Mac products. Um, They're really into repairability and uh, DIY repairs and things like that. So related to that, they also sell a lot of great tools. I think I've recommended, and actually, if you're looking for a holiday gift for a tech nerd in your life, a iFixit toolkit, and they have a bunch of different variations, is a great thing. They also have cool little screwdrivers and, and kits and things that might make good stocking stuffers. So if you're looking for gift ideas, definitely check iFix that out as well. But they sell all the tools and parts that you might need for doing your Apple repairs, whether it be iOS or Macs or anything like that. So thing I did when I got your email, Donald, was I went in and I checked out their teardown guide for the 2014 Mac Mini. And uh, in that, I looked at the cable replacement guide uh, to find out what this what screw that actually was. And it turns out they list the screw as a 2.6 millimeter T6 screw. So I did a little Googling and searching on their site for that and found out that they do offer, and I'll have a link to this in the show notes at Matcast.com, a full 2014 Mac Mini Screw Set. And I know this is going to include a lot of screws that you don't need. It's 15 bucks, so a little expensive just to get one screw, but you'll have additional screws if you ever need to replace those. It is a used kit, so I'm assuming what iFixit does is they, you know, probably buy damaged or old Mac minis and then just break them apart, probably old Macs across the board. Break them apart and put together full screws screw sets that you can get for your machine. So I'll link to that in the show notes at macs.com so you can get that. Um, But what I don't understand from my research, and this is where I'm hoping the community can help us out, is how you can get just the screws themselves there's a lot of places online that sell computer screws and computer screw sets there's a lot on amazon and they might have the specific screws that you need but what's hard to tell is all the different specifications so you have the sort of head type right in this case a t6 or torx six screw that's the little kind of star shaped one or um you know, you also have Phillips head, you have different kinds of, of screw heads. So I get that part. So in this case, it's a T6. So we know, you know, the kind of head that it needs. We know that it's 2.6 millimeters. I'm assuming that's the length. But then there's also the thread pattern. And it seems like a lot of computer screws fall under what are called M2 for the threads. I can't tell if this one specifically for the Mac Mini is an M2 thread or not. It wasn't listed on the iFixit guide. And with the lengths, it's also a little bit confusing because when I search online, I can see a lot of 3-millimeter screws listed, but this was 2.6 millimeters. So is that close enough? Are they just doing rounding things? So I'm hoping there's a lot of folks who are maybe more involved in the repair community out there that can send in some advice and let us know hey how do you find these little tiny screws How do the specs work out? If you have that information, shoot me an email, send me an audio comment, matcast at gmail.com. And hopefully we can share that on future episodes of the MacCast. But just overall, if you're looking to repair an Apple product, I would say start with iFixit, do some Googling, and you should be able to get what you need. So Donald, I hope that helps you out, and good luck with the uh, repair of that SATA cable. But with that, that is going to do it for this episode of the MacCast. Uh, bandwidth for the MacCast is provided by Cashfly. You can find them at dot com, And all advertising on the MacCast is handled by BackBeat Media. They are at BackBeatMedia.com. As always, if you have a comment, a question, something you'd like to hear covered on a future episode of the MacCast, you can send your emails and audio comments to maccast at gmail.com. You're also welcome to call in on the listener hotline. That phone number is 281-622-4269 281-MAC-IM9. If you need show notes, links to anything that I talked about on this or any other episode of the MacCast, you'll find those on the website. That's at maccast.com. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash maccast. You can check out the MacCast Facebook page over at facebook.com slash or find me on Instagram just MacCast on Instagram but with that that is going to do it for now until next time I will talk to you all again real soon.